Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program, live and underway. Glad to have you with us. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A little different than most Thursdays here in the opening segment of the show. In just a few minutes, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join our program for a conversation on IU basketball and more. Our segment with Alex each week. Brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture with locations in Jeffersonville and New Albany. And with Alex, we'll cover recruiting. We'll talk more summer league. It looks like Trace Jackson Davis is set now to make his debut out in Las Vegas. And a very familiar name, if you kept up with the transfer portal this offseason, Chris Ledlam, who committed to Tennessee, picked Tennessee over Indiana, and St. John's has transition back to the transfer portal so pretty crazy I guess as a graduate transfer he can do that because he never truly was on campus at Tennessee so amazing could Indiana be in play I know I've seen some people that think Rick Pitino and St. John's could be the early leader for his re-recruitment out of the transfer portal but definitely interesting because uh, IU still does have this scholarship open uh, for this upcoming season. With school set to start here a little bit later in the summer, IU still with an open spot. If the right situation happens, the right player becomes available, something crazy, something late like this, which we've seen the last few years for Indiana, uh, they have a spot for someone to join the team uh, immediately. So we'll keep an eye on that as well, and Alex will help us check in on all those topics and more today. Later in the hour, we'll revert back to some headlines, some news and notes. We'll take a look at the weekend ahead, another big recruiting period for Mike Woodson and the coaching staff to be on the road. Summer League ball continues. Watched a couple good games yesterday. Just a lot of stuff going on right now and what's generally a slower period when it comes to basketball and college football, it's just the offseason right now. It's even slower this week because it's the all-star break. So if you follow Major League Baseball on a regular basis or if you follow the bats here on the Big X on a regular basis, it's slow because baseball, everything is paused until later this week when things fire back up after the uh, all-star game earlier this week. Uh, that's the lineup, the service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out 
their dinner package deals which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Thornton's text line is open. If you got a question for Alex or a topic you'd like us to bring up today, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and don't forget to send us a text on the Thornton's text line, that number 502-414-1450. couple other notes. No show tomorrow on Friday. There will be no Friday show. We'll be back with you again on Monday of next week, and uh, so today is our final show of the week. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall going to join us right now. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations, two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, a slower time for us, but actually it's not just recruiting. It's not just NBA Summer League. You've got an opportunity to hear from Trey Galloway a little bit later in this hour, which is why you're joining us early so you can get on Zoom and get to that press conference. Yeah, Matt, apologies for the, uh, the change in the time. I'm kind of having to change your format up here, especially for me. I appreciate that. But, yeah, we're. Uh, it seems like IU's kind of gotten to this uh, schedule now in the summer where they're having uh, Zooms each Thursday, and they happen to usually be between 11 and 12. So uh, we're having to finagle here with the schedule a little bit. But, you know, any opportunity that we get to uh, to talk to a player is uh, is very valuable. Obviously, in the offseason, those opportunities don't come up. So, yeah. Uh, at the bottom of the hour at 11.30, uh, we'll be on Zoom uh, talking to uh, Trey Galway. We've also had an opportunity earlier in the summer to talk to Malik Renew. Last week we had Calvert Chaney. Uh, I think these will probably continue here through the end of the month before. I think I use on week six of its eight-week program this summer, so they'll have two more weeks, I think, uh, and then they'll go home. Uh, my understanding at the end of July, the players will take some time off, uh, get a break, uh, and then they'll be back for the start of the fall semester. So, uh, you know, we always talk about the summer kind of dragging along, but here we are almost mid-July, and, uh, you know, there's there's obviously been a lot of things that happened this off season. so it'll be good to, to catch up with Trey Galloway, see if there's any updates there. Obviously, he's going to be one of the the leaders of the team next season for Indiana, so a big uh, fourth year in Bloomington coming for him. Yeah, I was getting ready to say he's a key player on the roster for next season, not just what he can accomplish on the court, but he's going to have a real leadership role for this Indiana team next year. Yeah, I mean, I thought last year, too, uh, he was he surprised me. I mean, he, he was obviously a player the first couple of years that, that had some injury problems, but last year I thought really kind of put it all together for the most part and really uh, took a step forward just in terms of his, his leadership on, on the floor uh, and also just his production. Uh, his improved three-point shooting, I don't think, Matt, if you and I were here talking about this last year, we would have, we would have saw that coming, but uh, credit to him for making those adjustments, whatever, however subtle they were. Um, you know, Obviously not a high-volume three-point shooter, but he came out last season and really did a great job making shots in the perimeter. I think Indiana's going to need more of that for him uh, next season uh, because, you know, with what they're losing from a three-point 
uh, you know, perspective. Tamar Bates obviously was a guy that was inconsistent, but he could make threes. Miller Cop made a lot of three pointers. And you look at this roster, kind of the one thing I think is the question, and it feels like we've talked about this every year, really, since Tom Crane's been gone. Uh, where's the three point shooting going to come from? Uh, Indiana last year, you know, took a big step forward in terms of percentage, but really not the volume that you want to see. Uh, just in, in terms of modern college basketball. So I think Trey Galloway, uh, you know, even next season, if his, if his percentages maybe don't uh, stick where they were, if he can be a, you know, mid to high 30s percentage guy and a little bit higher volume, I think that's absolutely huge for Indiana's team next season. I'm just kind of curious uh, to hear from him um, how he thinks this team's going to be different next season uh, and how that all is going to fit together and work because, you know, they missed, uh, they're they're going to miss a lot of these guys that, that left, you know, Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Hutchifino, but they're also bringing in a ton of talent. And I think that's kind of the new reality now in college basketball. These teams are going to be putting, been put together on the fly with the transfer portal and uh, guys, you know, committing to the program late. And so it, it's going to, I think there's going to be some points early in the season where Indiana's uh, going to have to look in the mirror and figure some things out just because there's so many different uh, pieces coming together. I think Trey Galloway is going to have to be one of the guys that helps figure all that out. Um, so just just curious to hear from him how things have gone so far this off season, and and maybe what insight he can give us on on the team going into uh, next season. Alex, we've spent a lot of time on the NBA Summer League the last week mm-hmm. and a half or so because really it's the only live basketball out there besides some of the AAU and travel stuff. Uh, Trace Jackson right. Davis, I believe I saw finally set to make his Vegas debut with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, that seems to be the the uh, the plan as of now. Uh, you know, there was talk when he was out in Sacramento for that first event, that maybe he would play out there after the first day and it's kind of dragged on. But, you know, I, I've seen, you know, I, I follow this stuff pretty closely on Twitter and every time the, the Golden State account is, you know, uh, tweeted stuff, there's been Warriors fans kind of jokingly ask if he's ever going to play. Uh, I'd like to, you know, remind everybody this is just summer league and it's important that he gets completely healthy. But also I do think it's important for him to get this experience because summer leagues uh, takes place for a reason, and it's a big adjustment going from uh, college basketball to the NBA. Obviously, uh, summer league is, is not the NBA, but there's it, it's it, it mimics the game in many ways, and it's a good development opportunity. So for Trace, uh, you know, I know he's probably got to be chomping at the bit to get out there, but um, you know, the Warriors have him uh, signed to a guaranteed contract, and I'm sure their medical folks are telling him. Uh, there's things he has to clear in terms of protocol and health and all that that you don't want to send somebody out there and then get him hurt and then have him miss the start of training camp, things like that. So, hope, excuse me, hopefully he's able to get out there uh, today and, and play and, and get uh, have a strong finish here in the summer league. I know uh, they'll have at least a couple more games out there, so even if he can just get a couple games in, I think that would be uh, a big deal for him and, and kind of give him – uh, just an idea to see where he stands heading into training camp, which is really not that far away. I mean, you look at the schedule, I think the NBA starts uh, it starts earlier and earlier every year, but I think it's mid-October for the regular season. So it'll be, what, September, uh, mid, mid to late September probably when they'll start everything and get preseason going. So he's he's really just got a couple more months to get, to get geared up. And then, I mean, they've already said he's going to be on that 15-man roster, whether that entails him actually dressing for games all the time because – 
really, I think, NBA teams just dress 12 guys on a night-to-night basis. But if he's on that 15-man roster, uh, there's probably going to be games where he gets an opportunity to, to dress and maybe play some minutes depending on who's resting, who's in and out. So, uh, you know, it won't be long for Trace, and I think it's very important that he gets a, a couple of opportunities to get on the court in Vegas if he can. Yeah, it looks like the Warriors play today at 7 p.m. It's a game that will air on ESPN. So he is supposed to make his debut today, according to multiple reports out there. Good for Trace. Uh, we'll see what he can get done here over the next few games of Summer League for the Warriors. Alex, another topic we need to cover is Chris Ledlam. He was a big name early on in the transfer portal. The graduate transfer entered and was uh, an IU target really from the very get-go. Indiana was one of the first schools associated with him. Rick Pitino and St. John's really involved. Tennessee ultimately where he chose to go. But a report earlier this morning, he is already leaving Tennessee He's going to hit the transfer portal again. Does Indiana make uh, a move at him for a third time? I do not. Yeah, you know, I, I do not foresee that being the case. Obviously, there was concern, panic, um, whatever you want to call it, when he originally didn't pick Indiana because really at the beginning of the portal, uh, I guess window, whatever you want to call it, he was the guy that, that Indiana really focused on, and I think a lot of people thought they had a great chance to get him, and he takes a Tennessee visit. Uh, and then ultimately they went out for his uh, commitment, and I think people were wondering, well, that's, that's really a big problem for Indiana, and then they go out and get McKenzie and Baco. Uh, those guys obviously play kind of the same position. So uh, the reason my understanding is he's leaving uh, Tennessee is that, you know, that a guy that a guy came back that maybe they weren't expecting to come back plays the same position, so the minutes that he thought maybe were going to be available when he originally committed there are not available and so he's probably going to head elsewhere, obviously. Uh, you know, that's his uh, reason for entering the portal. But Indiana, you know, he doesn't really fit a need for anything that, that, that they uh, still kind of uh, covet for next season. you got Mbako, obviously, Caleb Banks kind of playing those same positions, and then the front court's pretty well set. So I wouldn't expect there to be any uh, interest from the Indiana side of things. And it's funny how these things work out sometimes. Uh, Indiana... Uh, that, that's kind of why, you know, Matt, I, I, I encourage people always to just kind of let things play out in terms of let's see what the roster looks like when the fall semester actually starts, who's on the team. Uh, if you were to just kind of base the postseason right after that period when, um, you know, Ledlam and Connect went to Tennessee and people thought, well, Indiana's in trouble here, but they end up with Mbaco. And I think if you ask most people if you'd rather have uh, Connect and then Ledlam or you'd rather have Mbaco, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer that you want to take the guy that's you know, a possible one-and-done five-star talent. Um, so uh, it worked out well for Indiana, and uh, Leslin obviously uh, probably wishing, you know, maybe he did pick Indiana now uh, in hindsight because things don't work out for him in Tennessee, and it's kind of late here in the process. But he's going to have no shortage of, of suitors. You look around the country, and I kind of did this for Big Ten teams recently. There's a ton of schools that have scholarships open. But one thing I read that maybe he's headed to a school without a scholarship open, and I think that led – so a lot of people uh, thinking that he may go to St. John's and then just you know get NIL opportunities there that would maybe take care of his schooling. So be interested to see where he plays out. But I think Indiana's ended up in a much better spot with uh, McKenzie and Baco, and uh, I think the ceiling is much higher with him on the roster than it would have been with Chris Ludlam. I tell you what, it's amazing to me that you can enter the portal, pick a school, 
I believe he mm-hmm. was at Tennessee, enrolled, and was on campus, and then immediately mm-hmm. after weeks there, decide you want to re-enter the portal. I guess that's the advantage of a graduate transfer. They've got a little bit more leeway right. for that final year, but crazy to think you can go through a process, you can make a decision, you can arrive on campus and spend some time there, and that still may not be where you actually play college basketball that season. Yeah, I mean, he, um, it's, I, I think, you know, you only get one shot at this if you're him, you know, he played it at Harvard, and, uh, you know, that's usually a one-bid league, and uh, you know, I'm sure he wants to maximize this this last season, but you know, the fact that he never actually played a game there, I think it makes it pretty easy to to kind of just hop back in the portal. And uh, as a grad transfer, I think he can still get in there, and uh, that's uh, that's what he's going to do. So uh, I don't really fault him at all for you know, it's, it's kind of what Tennessee was recruiting him, uh, and kind of what they kind of saw his role isn't actually going to be what it was, what, what what they said, and they have somebody maybe coming back at his spot that he wasn't expecting to be there, then for him, that's kind of, uh, you got to look out for yourself first and, and make the best decision possible. So good for him for, for figuring that out now rather than, you know, let's say the first game start in November and all of a sudden he's maybe playing half the minutes that he was expecting. Uh, it's better to figure it out now and, and, and go somewhere where you think you can have uh, the, the, maximize your last final season of eligibility. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex, uh, Purdue, I read a story earlier, mentioned as one of the teams in college basketball having the best offseason. Duke, Villanova, others also on that list. FAU with Dusty May, who made it to the Final Four. They've had a good offseason, adding some key players as well and keeping some key players from that Final Four team. But Purdue, are they a contender again? I know Indiana fans might scoff at that. Anytime there's positive marks about the Boilermakers, Indiana fans don't like it and vice versa. And, of course, after Purdue's exit to a number 16 seed a year ago, it's you got to go through this again, listening to how good Purdue's going to be, only to have an early exit in the NCAA tournament again. Your thoughts on the in-state rival for the Hoosiers? Are they going to be the real deal maybe this year? I mean, I think they'll be really good in the regular season again. And, I mean, Matt, I know you and I think as highly as Matt Painter as a coach as anybody. I mean, we've talked about this before, and, and my point kind of still stands. I think Matt Painter's a great coach, but unfortunately for him, he's had all these early exits from the tournament, and ultimately that's kind of what you're judged by. Um, you know, I think most people would say if I could finish eighth in the Big Ten and go to the Final Four, or I could win the Big Ten and lose in the first round to a 16th seed. Most people are going to take the the uh, the tournament run, but the tournament uh, is you know a cruel thing in a lot a lot of years. And then unfortunately for Purdue, I think they've just really run up against some some really tough matchups. And and obviously Painter has to take the blame for a lot of that. He, the buck stops with him. And uh, to his credit, he's never really been shy about talking about that and saying. Uh, you know, it's on me. I got to do better. But you know, I think Purdue right now. I'm looking at the Big Ten for next season. I think it's Purdue and Michigan State at the top, at least on paper. It doesn't always play out that way when the games start. Injuries can happen. Um, but you know, they've had they've been able to retain a, a pretty uh, large chunk of their <laughs> excuse me, large chunk of their roster. With I think Brandon Newman is the is the one guy that that, that left that played a ton of minutes. And obviously, they, I think they had the transfer uh, Jenkins that was in the, on the team last year that. That uh, graduated, and he's moving on. But you know, they've 
they obviously added a player from the transfer portal, but, you know, it's all about Zach Eady. I mean, he's, uh, I hate to call him, uh, you know, anything other than what he is, which is a cheat code in college basketball because, you know, he's he's fit and he can play a lot of minutes. He doesn't foul, and he uh, is just when he gets the ball where he wants it, he's really tough to stop. And, um, you know, he's going to be on the, all the list for the preseason National Player of the Year. He's earned it. He was the Player of the Year last year. And, uh, you know, Purdue, you know, going into the season, all we can really talk about is where a team's going to finish in the, in the Big Ten. And I think they're going to be uh, right near the top as much as Indiana fans don't want to hear it. The Hoosiers did sweep them last season. I think that was obviously a huge deal uh, for Indiana's uh, season and, and really building up more confidence in Mike Woodson. But uh, I'm just glad the rivalry between Indiana and Purdue has, you know, become a little bit more even these last couple of years. Indiana going 3-1 and one over the last few years. Purdue had dominated the series for such a long time and, and I think Purdue's really set up for another year of success and uh, you know, Indiana fans don't want to hear it, but it should be a pretty fun uh, fun team to watch again next year with, with everything they have back. All right, Alex Bozich inside the ho- the hall. Alex, final quick question before we let you get to Trey Galloway's media availability. Um, Romeo sure. Langford, still still nothing on him as far as the NBA goes. Any insight, any thoughts on what could be next for Romeo, and at what point does he get in the danger zone as far as not finding uh, not only a home but maybe even a potential route to a home next season in the in the league? Still pretty early. Um, you know, I think there's going to be obviously a chance right for him at minimum to go to a training camp. Um, I would think as a former lottery pick and as a guy that, you know, showed some things last year, um, he'd probably be able to get a minimum deal of guarantee or something for a year, um, but we'll see. Um, been a little just disappointing, obviously, to see how his career's played out um, and, you know, everything that he's kind of had to go through from an injury perspective, but, you know, we've talked about this a long time, really, the NBA, where you make, you know, he's, I think he's made $16 million, which if he's managed that well, he's obviously going to be set up pretty well for a long time, but... The NBA is all about getting to that second contract, Matt. And you look around some of the guys that were drafted in his class, and they're getting, you know, these these rookie extensions where they're, you know, tens of millions of dollars, and uh, he's not in that position, so he's really going to have to to play his way back in. And he's still pretty young, relatively. I think 23. He'll turn 24 this fall, so there's still plenty of time. But he's, he's really got to get healthy, and I think the three point shooting has really just hurt him because. I remember back in his Dominic career, uh, he was, before he hurt his wrist, he was a really good three-point shooter, and he's he's lost that touch now going back to the end of his high school career, through his time at IU, never really regained it in the NBA, and I think the defensive end of the floor, he's been really good, but he's got to be able to bring more uh, from a shooting perspective on the on the perimeter uh, to stick and have a, a, a role uh, moving forward, so... Uh, I'm rooting for him, obviously, as a, as a fellow New Omni alum, somebody who I really watched, uh, really enjoyed watch playing uh, throughout his time at New Albany, obviously enjoyed watching him at Indiana. Um, maybe I'm a little biased. But, you know, I don't necessarily think he's gotten the most fair shake in the NBA, but he's a grown-up now, and he's going to have to play his way and earn it. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to get at least another chance or two, but he's going to have to really, uh, you know, raise his level of play because, you know, Guys are getting drafted in the league every year, and there's guaranteed contracts for these first-round picks. And, you know, when you're fighting for one of those final roster spots, uh, what are you going to do to differentiate differentiate yourself from somebody else? And 
uh, he's going to have to figure out a way to stand out if he wants to stick. That's the reality. Yeah, good stuff. Alex Bozich inside the hall headed to a media availability with Trey Galloway. So I'm sure we'll see a lot of stuff coming out here later this afternoon on what Trey has to say about IU and the team for next season and some of the off-season work that has been going on here this summer. Alex, thanks. Always fun, and we'll catch up next Thursday. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt. All right, Alex Bozich with us Thursdays on the show. Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. We'll take a break here in just a moment. We'll come back with some headlines, doing things in reverse today. Alex in segment one, headlines in segment two. But a lot to get to. I want to talk a little bit about the NCAA. They are talking about expansion of the NCAA tournament. So we'll bring that up. Also, Grace Berger, local product, great IU women's basketball standout. What a career she had. She had a great night for the fever in the WNBA recently. So we'll mention that. And there's some college hoops going on. The Wildcats of Kentucky, they are playing up in Toronto in a tournament and it's one of those NCAA foreign trips you are allowed once every so many years. But Kentucky on the road getting an opportunity to play. And uh, seeing that makes me wish the Hoosiers were due for a foreign trip. That is something really fun to follow in the offseason. Of course, when Indiana did it last, they went to the Bahamas and only played two quick games. It wasn't a long trip, and it wasn't a lot of games. So it was a fairly quick deal. We'll head to a break. We're back with our headlines from today. Thornton's text line open at number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Text says, any update on the New Albany basketball job? I don't have much to tell you. I don't know much right now. We'll see what next week brings. But, boy, what a wild ride it has been trying to get a new New Albany basketball coach that is for sure. A couple things to mention here as we have the headlines of the day in this segment after a little reversal. Alex Bozich with us in the opening segment today. Uh, a couple things to mention. I mentioned Trace Jackson Davis. He is set to make his debut in the Summer League. It looks like tonight on ESPN, the Warriors scheduled to play at 7 o'clock. So that is something for IU fans to pay attention to. Also, a couple people have asked about uh, Derek Queen. He's a big-time five-star player in the class of 2024. 
He's from Montverde Academy down in Florida. He's had a great summer, and I know that he has uh, been interviewed by a lot of media at some of these events, and he does plan or does look like Indiana is in the mix. I saw he, he mentioned to Jeff Rabjohns that he talks to Indiana about every day. So that's about as much in the mix as you can be with a guy that's going to be a senior in high school next season. So we'll see if Queen sets a visit to Indiana or what could be next for him after the July period comes to an end. But he, yes, is a big name in recruiting for Indiana, and the Hoosiers have been on him for a while. So when it comes to in-state guys, he seems to be one of the more important names out there that Indiana seems to have a really good relationship with. Grace Berger, local product. Great career she had with IU women's basketball. Now she's with the Indiana Fever, trying to be the hometown hero at the professional level as well. Uh, she had had a good uh, uh, day with the uh, Fever earlier this week. She had 36 minutes, 15 points on 5 of 16 shooting, 1 of 3 from 3-point range, 4 of 6 from the field, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, she is. Uh, she's got a future. That's for sure. She was a high draft pick of the Fever. I know she's already got an off-season opportunity set at one of the good overseas clubs. So she's going to get a lot of basketball as a young rookie should get. But uh, that was a, definitely a head-turning game for her. Uh, definitely a big performance earlier this week. I think that was a game uh, on maybe Tuesday night, I believe, for the Fever. But I wanted to make sure I mentioned that, given her connection uh, to us here locally. Also, Kentucky is playing in Toronto, and uh, they are in a tournament against some teams from other countries. It's their NCAA uh, tour, foreign tour that is allowed. Is it once every four or five summers, I believe, but the Wildcats for uh, in Toronto for a few games and uh, had a win yesterday against a team from Germany. And uh, it looks like DJ, I didn't get to see any of it, but DJ Wagner, who's been the star-studded freshman coming into the program, he had 16 points and kind of picked up where you thought he might as a college basketball player. He looks to be the real deal for the uh, Wildcats. Also, Antonio Reeves, I know he had a good game yesterday, and uh, he entered the NBA draft or considered the draft and put his name in the portal. There was a little rumblings with uh, what his future might be, but he finished with 24 points uh, in the game yesterday as well. So, uh, And Justin just said this, uh, the Kentucky team, and Justin, you can clarify this here, the Kentucky team did a tour in the Bahamas last year much like Indiana did a few summers ago, but you say they found a loophole and are playing in Toronto as Team USA, getting basically another opportunity to play here this summer. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so basically they did do their tour last year in the Bahamas. That was their NCAA-affiliated tour. Um, but, yeah, now they – I don't know if finding a loophole is the right way to say it. But, yeah, they're playing under the USA umbrella, so this doesn't count towards that four-year deal that they've got going on. Well, some group that organizes these tours and trips needs to get – Indiana under well, the USA oh, umbrella. I, I agree. I agree a thousand percent. So you had Baylor there last year. It, they were in a similar situation. It wasn't their NCAA trip, but they were playing under the USA umbrella. And then you've got the Louisville women are over there for the women's USA team. So it, that's that's a similar situation that Kentucky's in as well. I think they were wearing their Kentucky uniforms. I they, remember 
They were, a few, yeah. A few years ago, Purdue had something similar, but they actually wore like the legit Team USA uniforms and represented, you know, the country in this tournament. I forget where it was. So I was a little surprised to see Kentucky in their actual Wildcats garb yesterday. Yeah, and and you brought it up. You didn't get to watch any of the game, but it was really weird for me. So the Kentucky coaching staff had on United States shirts, and the over shirts that they put over their jerseys were also United States, but then when they took it off, it was Kentucky. So it was a really weird look. You had guys on the floor wearing Kentucky, and then the coaching staff was all in United States. So it didn't make, didn't make a lot of sense. Interesting. Well, if that's a, a way around it, I, I've got to believe these foreign tours are so valuable to get the extra practices more than anything Plus the games, uh, maybe Indiana can find a way to do one sooner rather than later. Mike Woodson's got all these connections, Justin. He needs to put it to use. That's right, yeah. No, I'd, I'd love nothing more than to be in the middle of July watching Indiana basketball. That would, that would be great. I'm, I'm very envious of my Kentucky friends. Absolutely. A couple other headlines I want to mention here in this segment. You know, Purdue, Alex and I talked about uh, them being one of the most successful teams this offseason as far as who they've been able to retain on their roster, who they've been able to add to their roster. If you look across college basketball right now, some of the other schools from this same CBS Sports story, Duke, who added some really nice pieces uh, in the offseason, Villanova, had a really good offseason as far as uh, recruiting classes and the transfer portal goes. And Florida Atlantic with uh, Southern Indiana Green County product Dusty May, who had the dream Final Four national championship run yesterday or la- last year, I should say, to conclude last season. Uh, they also have had a really good offseason. They're star players. You might remember Elijah Martin and John L. Davis, Davis from Indiana as well, which is a pretty unique connection. Both had the chance to test the NBA draft waters, but uh, both decided to return to Florida Atlantic for another year of school. So, Florida Atlantic, I think, I was looking at this, they should enter the season as a top five, top ten team and will be one of the favorites by a lot of people, given who's back, to maybe make another run deep in the tournament and uh, into the Final Four, the national championship game. And I think one of the good feel-good stories of college basketball this offseason was Dusty May, who obviously we love because he's local. He's from you know our area within reason. He's a former manager involved in the IU basketball program. But he had opportunities to move on. He had opportunities to move up the, the college coaching ladder as far as the conferences and the big schools. And he didn't do it and instead locked into a lucrative, now it is lucrative for him, but a 10-year contract extension. So can Dusty May build a dynasty at Florida Atlantic uh, based off a, a trip to the national championship game and based off success in the transfer portal? Uh, we'll see if he can kind of create a little niche here, maybe in college basketball, but uh, need to see him stay. I think that is remarkable and, and really cool, to be quite honest, that uh, he is re-up with the Owls for not just next season, but for a big contract uh, that will keep him there for years to come. Got to mention this as well, NCAA, this comes from Jeff Brazello of ESPN, quote, the NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Committee spent time talking about a possible expansion of the Division I Men's Basketball Championship 
during its three-day meeting earlier this week, though extending, expanding the 68-team field is not imminent. Dan Gavitt, NCAA Senior Vice President of Basketball, said, quote, the committee and staff will continue studying options and gathering feedback from various constituents. Whether the tournament expands or not remains to be seen. I don't know, Justin, I'll bring you back for this. I don't know if I'm a fan of further expansion. I know there could be some arguments that it would work out better with at-large bids and it would make things more common and even across all of the levels, all of the conferences of college basketball. But an expansion to the tournament from 64 to 68 was tough for me. From 68 to, what would it be, 96, whatever the options could be, I don't know that I'm a fan of it, and I don't think we have Justin. So, uh, but uh, weigh on Justin, if you can hear me, weigh weigh in on your opinion with that. If you're there, I'm sorry, man. I was distracted, not listening. <laughs> that's that's okay, no problem. Uh, your opinion on the NCAA tournament expansion? Yes or no? No, heck no, heck no, no. It, it no, absolutely not. You're tra- you're just trying to fire me up, Matt. No, I'm not on board with an expansion. I get it for All the right, college look. football playoffs going up to 12. I wish they would have just went to 8 and then maybe 16 eventually down the road. But no, the NCAA tournament for basketball, leave it alone. Leave it alone. I was just getting getting ready to say the same thing. I'm not for NCAA basketball expansion. It's I perfect. Like the expa- I do like the expansion of the college football playoff, though. So we, we agree there. It took you some time to get back to me on that, but we agree. Yeah, so. my fault. My fault. I was a little distracted. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I am – I am so against that. I And maybe it's just the old man in me. I've kind of been against a lot of changes we've had recently, such as nil, transfer portal, just stuff like that. Um, so maybe that's the old man in me. But, yeah, no, that's the one sporting event that I feel like is absolutely perfect. Do not touch it. You know, they say don't be afraid of change. That's kind of a general moniker you hear across business and life and so much, uh, of course. But I just don't know. It, it could work out to be a good thing, but – it works so well, and it's something that we love and look forward to so much, especially in this great region of the country that we live in where college basketball is king. Even though it could mean more basketball in another week or so of the tournament, I just don't think the risk is worth the potential reward. Yeah, no, and I just – yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm all, I'm all for more basketball, but make – I don't know, make – the conference tournaments double elimination. I'd, I'd ra- much rather see that before you change the NCAA tournament format. Yeah, I agree. All right, we'll head to a commercial break and be back with the final segment of this Thursday program. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about today. We'll have a few more topics after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
And we're back on this Thursday program. Remember, no show on Friday this week. Trey Galloway is meeting with the media right now on a Zoom press conference. Alex mentioned to you in the first segment today, Indiana does that quite often in the offseason on Thursdays, offer a uh, player, normally one of the big names for next season, to uh, talk for the media to ask questions and talk to. And, of course, that results in a lot of coverage and stories and columns and writing about that specific player and the team for next season. But a couple quotes I'm seeing here from Trey. He said, quote, I really tried to focus on going back to my mechanics and doing the little things and getting the shot ready in games, uh, end quote, talking about his increased uh, shooting efficiency last season, which is something that Alex and I talked about when he joined us a little earlier today. Uh, more on his shooting, he said, quote, I've just been shooting it up. I was kind of flat on my shot. That came with fatigue and not getting the game reps I needed. He mentioned Brian Walsh, assistant coach, and Jordan Hall's support staff member who was a tremendous shooter uh, in helping with the development of his shot. He went on to say, quote, I want to guard the best players on the opposite team. I want that assignment every night. I take pride in that. That is the stuff that I think you'd love to hear from a guy that plays with the heart and enthusiasm that Trey Galloway does. Trey was asked about the other freshman guards coming in that are new on campus as of the last month or so. He said, quote, they were mature when they stepped in. Both are strong physical guards who can defend at the Big Ten level already. So interesting to hear that comment as well. Trey said his biggest improvement uh, he's seen in himself recently or has been his leadership, which is Alex and I discussed he's going to have a big big leadership role on the IU team this season he said both vocally and on the floor and uh, he named Miller Cop as a guy that he's trying to follow in the footsteps of as far as leadership and Miller did seem to be a guy that provided a lot of vocal and leadership not always a consistency in scoring or shooting as I think fans had hoped for when Miller Cop first came to the program But uh, those are just a few things that Trey Galloway had to say in his uh, media availability that wrapped up just earlier. Don't forget, Trace Jackson Davis is uh, supposed to make his debut tonight for the Golden State Warriors, a 7 o'clock game on ESPN. And, of course, things could change, but it does uh, look like the Warriors are set to see Trace make his uh, debut in their lineup tonight. So uh, for Trace, who's been battling a little minor problem, uh, he is expected to be out there. We'll see how he fits in. Would expect him to get some run. I don't know with him being out that he will get a ton of time, but it'll be interesting to see the load that they give him. And, of course, I think uh, Golden State with one or two more games guaranteed in Vegas. So that's uh, that's it for Trace Jackson Davis. Jalen hood Shafino, he continues. I saw him last night in a close game between the Lakers and the Celtics. I didn't get to watch a lot of it or pay attention to all the details, but he was out there. He's getting a lot of time, a lot of run for the Lakers in the Summer League out in Las Vegas. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. If you missed the live show, you could always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. So live at 11 o'clock on the Big X, on demand via podcast, however you listen and join us. Uh, We're so glad to have you with us. It'll be college football season soon. There'll be more basketball coming. I know we're in a little bit of a lull right now, but thanks for sticking with us. 
Have a good weekend. No show on Friday. I'll be back on Monday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. 